Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, I'm Carl Hartley I'm Max Peterson and joining us in the studio today, Bird! For the last time in 2018. This is is the last episode of 2018 and the last episode of our um, uh, uh, atypical Christmas episode. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. So we actually watched this. The film we're talking about today is The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. And I have no information about it at all because I didn't take notes. Oh, there's a blatty... There's William uh, Peter Blatty wrote the original novel there is and a Blatty. <laughs> he wrote the original novel and wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Linda Blair, Max von Sydow. It's got Max mm-hmm. von Sydow. It's got uh, the guy who plays Damien Karras, who's great. <laughs> <laughs> we're going out with a whimper, yeah, not with a bang. No, yeah. no, we're fine. We're fine. Stick with it. Go, come on, guys. We've got this. It's 1973. 20, it came out in 1973. Picture, picture yourself back in 1973. So this is the, the snow is just starting to fall on Georgetown. There's a whisper from a window. What could it be? Well, no, it's Reagan masturbating with a crucifix. We're in Iraq. Actually. Oh shit! Yeah, that's what. This Christmas season, just imagine yourself in a scalding hot desert. <laughs> yes, it's been a baking sun. Men are dropping from heat stroke all around you. And the, what? who directed it? And that's you're what covered I'm in oh, dirt. Direct, you're covered in dirt. Indiana Marin is searching. Directed by William Friedkin. William Friedkin, and find out who played Karis, and then we're good. He directed Bug, I think. Did he? Yeah. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so Friedkin did one. Blatty did three, and we're gonna pretend like two didn't happen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so. The Exorcist series so far is great. Cast <laughs> as I play in my I play it in my head. Um, Max von Sydow is really good in this. Yeah, oh my he god, is. he was what? Uh, his name is Jason Miller. The plays Father. Jason Father Miller plays yeah. Father Karras, and he plays Father Karras again in three. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, what were you saying, Boo? Uh, William Peter. No. Uh, Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow. Oh yeah, he was Max von- 43 when they shot this, and he's like supposed to be in his 70s. Yeah, he doesn't look a day older than I do right oh, now. You fully, <laughs> my God, you fully believe though that he dies of an old person heart attack at yeah. the end of this movie, and he moves like an old person. He That's what got me. Like, holy shit, he acts old, but not that like I'm acting old. It's like. When you watch this, and if you don't know how old he is, you, you, oh, they got a 95 year old man to play this, this movie, character. I hope he's okay. This movie I hope they're actually, taking care of him. It caused a lot of confusion for me growing up because, like, I, I saw, I've seen The Exorcist like a hundred times. Bert yes. and I watch it every Christmas. That was why we did it for the, the Christmas episode. So we watch it every Christmas. But then I saw The Force Awakens and Max von Sydow's in that. And he looks younger and he looks, still. Well, he looks about like the right age, about though. the age that he did in The Exorcist. And when, when I saw that movie, even la- that was like, what, two <laughs> years ago? I was like, wow, he did not age at all. That's amazing. He didn't age. And then you see him. I kept seeing him pop up in shit. That like was Strange like, Brew. Yeah. Yes. Like, strange hmm. Brew from like, what, the 80s? Yeah. Or, yeah. It's like the late 80s is Strange Brew. And I'm like, he looks younger than he did in The Exorcist. Good on Good him. Good on you, mate. Wow. What must <laughs> in reverse. Yeah. I'm he like, just started using like skin moisturizer. He must be doing mm. keto or something because yeah. <laughs> he looks great. And then when we were watching The Exorcist on Christmas or two days before yeah. Christmas, Bird goes, he was 43 when they did this movie. I was like, get the fuck out of this house. 
Everyone out. Everyone out. Everyone out. I need some time alone with this film. <laughs> yeah, that bullshit. broke my brain because I'm 41. So Max was Max. <laughs> Max is two years older than I sit right now. Yeah, when he did when that. When he did this. And that like, breaks my brain just a little bit. His He has like... The hand tremors yep. when he's when he's getting his pills out of his little ornate case and mm-hmm. his hand it's not like that. Oh my god, I, I got a shake. I got no. the shakes. It's like it is literally like a nerve issue. Mm-hmm. Like he's just old. And like his, his hand, blood sugar's low. His hand right. his hand tremors just a touch. And he's got the 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 process that we talked about the makeup department mm. like nailed it. Yeah. They did something to like to, to add like lines tighten, and, and tightens up his skin mm-hmm. makes like, it a little extra wrinkly mm-hmm. and yeah. just a little like he's got like uh, not smooth tight like wrinkly tight mm-hmm. and he's yeah. got liver spots on his yes. hands mm-hmm. and his face he looks like he's he a little dry skin. skin on his yeah. neck it's they like little, darkened the veins in his hands yes to make his that's skin look crazy yeah, yeah they they darkened the veins uh, they yeah. gave him little tiny like burst blood vessels in like his mm-hmm. nose and cheeks he, he looks like a man in his 70s. I wonder and if they put contacts in to make his eyes kind of, they, I would kind just, of roomy. Yeah, because they're a little bit. They are. They're, they're, they've got that like watery, watery look. look. <laughs> and he, but man, it's it, it's partly the makeup, but also like Max von Sydow, a very tall, imposing yes. dude, but mm-hmm. like a little bit of a hunch, mm-hmm. a little bit of a slower gait. He's not like, you're, you're right though, it's not that parody where he's like, I can barely walk. It's like he's had a sort of a sh- kind of a shitty knee his whole life. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just slightly shittier now than it has been before. Like, right. <laughs> like I would love to get to get into his head for that performance and yeah. be like, like, pick his brain and be like, okay, so like, what did you, what did you bring to this? Right. Because you can tell there's there's consistency. I think he has pages. He must have pages of stuff. If he feel. I mean, I don't know about his process, but like just seeing other movies he's been in, I feel like his process is very like, like he works it through, Even like for all of it and stuff like that. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. He brings the egg. Of course, you had like or not. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, like oh I, my god, we should watch that movie. We I should. love that movie. And I was just thinking too, having Blatty on set mm-hmm. to pick his brain. Mm. The the man, the who, actual writer of the. If there's one person for whom this world lives in their mind, it's 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 fucking Blatty. So you walk over and you're like, tell me about Marin's childhood, which yeah. is not in the book. It's not in any of the sequels. Nope. They they don't even really touch it that hard in the two. The two is one weird. The two is one Dominion the two is one versus Dominion in the beginning. Oh like it's him as a younger man. Right. And wait, didn't we figure out that um, Stellan Skarsgård playing young Marin was older than than, uh, than Max, Max von Sydow playing wow. old Marin. <laughs> That's funny. Because he is. <laughs> Young Marin is older than old Marin. Young Marin is older than old Marin in <laughs> 4 and 5. Do you guys want to see what a stroke looks Movie like? 4.5. P- I know, right? <laughs> wow. No, that's pretty amazing, though. Yeah. I think that. And you know, the other thing I was just thinking is there's only been two people who have played Marin, and mm-hmm. both of them are, like, top-shelf, out-the-fucking-park yeah. actors. One of them had brilliance to work with, and the yeah, other so did the same thing two times. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Um, okay, Poor so f- we actually did watch this about a week ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. it stuck with me though. This is the thing about The Exorcist, man. Like when I watch it, it's it does have a dated quality to it. It's made in 1973. Yeah. But I was talking to my mom about this. It's like she she watches horror movies a bunch like with me and stuff all the time. And we were talking about the exorcist and she's like, you know, I feel like movies that are a little bit older and sometimes they have this, 
this feel about them. They almost feel more real, almost like they have this mm. documentary sort of sensibility yeah. to them and the way that they're shot and the way that they feel. They're kind of shitty in some places. <laughs> like the audio is kind of weird. The ADR is kind of fucking off. The audio, yeah, there's these, these little touches of kind of not working on all cylinders that creates an even more It's like a rough edge. Weird, yeah, but it, it's, it sits in a weird part of your brain. And it kind of, for me, Cause it, feel- it plants it there in this in the space between real and not real. Y- yeah, I, I think I think part of what okay, so movies like modern modern movies like House too of Polished. Well, but what I was gonna say is like movie stra- the reason one of the reasons that Stranger one of the reasons that Stranger Things mm-hmm. worked so well for me is it feels they did they nailed it they nailed the 80s the 80s absolutely so when you're watching it it feels less like a new show that i'm watching and more like a historical yes show. like that I, is exactly uh, but but modern it. movies have to work really hard for that because mm-hmm. i think like the exorcist 1973 it feels a little it feels a little rough around the edges, but not rough where it's like, I can see the zipper. Oh, this is crappy, right. No, it's just you're like, not seeing a smoking Cinderella. Yeah, you're more like, like the park is just Film stock newer. or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you see The Exorcist, it feels, there is a feeling that like this this happened because mm. it's old, where it's like history. Especially the first half of this movie feels really not slapped together. The cutting is so weird. You get taken from from scene to scene without a whole lot of, of explanation. Smash why are they in a hospital? Why are they in a hospital? Holy shit. She's, she's being tested. She was just like, okay, why is she suddenly? So, mm-hmm. so you get the, these and it, for somebody that doesn't know, mm-hmm. they would think, well, well, this movie is all over the place. It's, it's like, what the fuck? Like, did they miss a scene? Like, the editing is all mm-hmm. crazy. It's really but brilliant it's, editing. But it's brilliant. They, yeah, they very effectively put you in the mom's shoes mm-hmm. in that. It's um because you would lose time as a parent. Like, your child is sick. You're not sleeping. You're not eating well. You're fucking. You're not going to work. Next thing you know, oh god, I'm in another doctor's office. When did we get here? How did I get here? And what the is editing happening? Reinforces it too. Like, mm-hmm. if you okay, maybe the reason that I'm stuck on it is I'm writing um, scripts right now. So I was just boning up on my transitions. So okay. I watched, I watched. A, there's a channel on YouTube. I'll shout them out because they've been really helpful for me. They're called Ro- it's called Rocket Film School. Just go look them up. It's basically like 30 minute classes essentially. Very cool. So I was watching the one on transitions, and they cover every transition that you can use in film. Like of like jump cuts where mm-hmm. you cut within a scene to show like a quick passage of time or add punch. And then there's smash cuts, which is you cut from stillness to action, from quiet to loud. Something that is very jarring right. and sudden. And one of the hallmarks, one of one of the one of the real high points of The Exorcist for me is its editing, and it's mm-hmm. particularly its use of smash cuts and something called a J cut. A J cut is when audio from the next scene starts oh, in the previous scene. That's cool. So The Exorcist mm. does this really, really well. That might be one of my favorite transitions. The J cut. Every time I hear, I'm like, "Ooh, we're getting into a next scene because this sound <laughs> does coming. This sound doesn't belong here." Yeah, Children what laughing, be. but they're asleep. But <laughs> um, this movie, The Exorcist, will especially in, you're right in that first half when Reagan is sick and the mom is off kilter. Mm-hmm. The editor keeps us off kilter by like she's in the kitchen with her cup of coffee or whatever you know cup of coffee crying quietly cigarette smoking and then we hear 
and another test. Yeah. It's that. It's the, the that. Test, uh, the yeah. Big machine. Mm-hmm. She's she's oh, getting. Or like we're, we'll be sitting in a in a dark room in total stillness, and the next thing we see is some fucking super brilliantly bright light on a robot arm spinning in yeah. front of our faces, like with no warning at all, and it keeps us as rocked back on our heels and confused and disoriented as the mom is feeling, as Chris is feeling. I think this movie is probably why I have I have an incredible fear of uh, hospitals, not necessarily doctors' offices, but like hospitals and of being possessed by something. But that that's like a that's a thing anyway. Like yeah, I think pos- people have like possession. a fear of of bad things, right? Definitely, yeah. And possession is one of those things that go goes bump in the night. It goes bump a little differently than the boogeyman per se. Mm. The boogeyman attacks you. The boogeyman uses you, or the the demon like uses you to be a boogeyman. So it's like right. Wee! But anywho, um, (laughs) (laughs) the creaky door demons are back into Carl. (laughs) Carl opens, shows up. He opens the door. The door goes, and then the door stops opening. And Carl goes, I'm like, ah, damn it, bird, call the priest. (laughs) Wait, I'm a minister. Carl, get in here, buddy. You want a cup of coffee before we get the squeaky door? Just a little WD (laughs) forty. But no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, this we didn't talk. We haven't mentioned it yet. But um, Danielle watched the movie. With yeah, us. yeah. Unfortunately, she can't be here today. You are going to act as her proxy, because yes. I'm assuming you guys talked about it a little um, bit since she wasn't going to get to. Not as much. Well, we some. Yeah, she really, really liked it. She thought it was a great awesome. movie. She thought like it was super spooky. She mm-hmm. wasn't as freaked out as she thought she was going mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. But it's still you can tell in the corner of her eye there's a little <laughs> fucking pazuzu that's fucking with her still. She's got a sit out. She's got a sit out tremor. In the old eyebrow. For some reason, she has to take nitroglycerin tabs She's now. She's taking nitro now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can tell that's like aspirin a day. Something has changed. Yeah. You know, it's that taking that extra moment before you you get up in the middle of the night and check around you before you go to the bathroom. Like, this that weird? Because it does. This movie sits with you. I wasn't, I watched it for like the 40th time a you, week ago. You use your flashlight phone a, a lot right, more. A lot the more. Phone, flashlight. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom three steps mm-hmm. away. Where's my phone? And bright, But there's bright. images from this that still a week later, like Reagan sitting in the chair and looking up at the the hypnotist like that sits with me there are a couple of things mm. that just they'll snap into my brain at four in the morning when i have to go take a piss i'm like god oh, damn it mm. i'm turning never lighting this house on <laughs> and the same thing with a with a person that is just now in 2018 seeing a movie made in 1973 it does have all of this like history and lore surrounding it that's what i wanted to talk about yeah is this movie has it doesn't live up to the hype as far as she, but it was, was a different hype that she, the hype train should be more like, this is an amazing movie and ahead of its time for where it was. And it asks these crazy questions about being like, she's a single parent. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's so many things happening I think that aren't just this demon possession. And when we get to that, that's like the third act. It's finally like Reagan fully transformed, fully face possessed. fucked up. And there's like, some earlier. I think this movie is better than its hype yeah. and less disturbing than its infamy. Right. Like this oh, yeah. this movie has there are you, like I'm sure everyone listening knows at least one person who has who says, you know, like I will never watch. I'll never oh, yeah. watch the Exorcist. I know I can count on two hands and both my feet people that won't. Yeah, this for like, me sits in a weird place of being like cozy horror. 
interesting. There's like that like nostalgia yeah. mm-hmm. and the the distance between now and the seventies. Yeah, that kind of um, makes things a little softer. Yeah, absolutely. I I think I I understand the out because we for this show this year we watched um, the Last House on the Left and that movie was causing people to th- like phone in Riot bomb threats bomb for threat. theaters yeah. and oh rioting in the streets and watching it now you're like this is fairly tame. Like, Does anybody get that upset about movies now? Yeah. Sometimes. Really? Yeah. Other than but it's more Westboro like, Baptist? But this is more, the, the way it happens nowadays is people get on a Twitter rampage right. or go They're, crazy on Facebook, but it never... No one's calling in bomb threats. No. Well, okay, there was the in the Dark Knight Returns or whatever it was, the Dark Knight. There was that, a shooting that happened, there was a but shooting it had nothing that to happened. do with the film. Right, it was some guy who idolized the Joker and thought that the... So that's just someone out of touch with reality. Hostel was extremely divisive. Oh! When, when Hostel first came out, they used it in their marketing campaign, but there was like seven or eight heart attacks on opening night because yeah. <laughs> people thought they were watching a snuff film and they freaked out and had heart attacks. That's amazing. So, but then like people were, yeah, people boycotted that. People boycotted uh, the Westboro Baptist Church went hard against Red State when mm-hmm. Red State was touring around. Oh, I can understand mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, so like a little close to home. Right, boy, did. That tapped the sack pretty hard, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that movie was really controversial, um, but n- nothing like nothing like that. This right. movie, like what you, you there was were like saying, a, the Pope at the time was like, "Evil lives within the celluloid itself." Yeah, he was, <laughs> the 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 Pope's the Pope made like a decree that the yeah. devil was in the, the devil film. is a possessed film. He's like the the devil. Those in that the watch footage. it will, ha- yeah, the devil's in the footage yeah, essentially. And yeah, everyone was like. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, would you say that? I'm gonna say that one more time. Say that on mic. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Can we get? Can we get that? Can we use it on the can poster? I, can we use it on the poster? Are you on the record? <laughs> right. <as> saying- <laughs> exactly. Because before we get this marketing campaign going, I need to make sure that you're on record as saying that. It's like yeah, the the poster for The Exorcist. It's like the devil is in the celluloid. Pump jump all the time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but talk about. That's hype, man. That is. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It's good. That, I think that's great press for this movie. But but again. A modern audience, like I, one of the things I would love, because I, I, I love the rep that this movie has, yes. because I'm such a fan of this movie. There's very few films that still have the rep it's from back clout. in the day. Yeah, this movie's got like this movie has power, legitimately, mm-hmm. to the point where people like we played it. At, we, we played The Exorcist at that Halloween party, and some people told me to change it, so I put on a slasher. Remember, like people are age. They're like, ah, Halloween, much better. There's just teenagers getting killed. Yeah, no. <laughs> thank God, decapitations. <laughs> some about and there, this genre. Too, mostly Possession. sparked by the exercise. That's the thing with Danielle, is she will watch slasher flicks. She likes. She's. I'm finally getting her into like Halloween and and right. and all of those. Nightmare on Elm Street's going to be a harder sell, but like Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. totally digging them so far. Sleepaway Camp, loved them. Yeah, she's like slasher genre, totally cool, fine. As soon as you bring up They're demon, rompy. right? As soon as you bring up like demon possession, and I think that's why Freddy is a little bit of a harder pill because it sits in that same space because it's something it's in inside you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can't like control. You can't run away from it because it's in you. Right. So, but there is, there's like, people will watch 115 year old, like schoolgirls get decapitated <laughs> and running from a crazy person with a chainsaw. Body, slumber party massacre, right. prom night. Yeah. You name them, uh-huh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's one demon, one kid, and you're like, fuck that. And you push, you're like, fuck it. Nope. I'm going to tip this table over. It like, could be the exorcism of Emily Rose. where Right. Like, that shit's fucking creepy. N- uh, one person dies mm-hmm. in the, ho- no, two people die in the whole movie. Right. And it's like, 
not there's no goal there's really not that much hardly gore. any it's mostly a court procedural mm-hmm. but the first time i watched that movie i had like nightmares for a month and then Terrifying. i immediately watched it again even though i was having like the worst <laughs> nightmares right. of my life i was spinning that movie like once a week it's all it's i think the difference movie. is the things that you you can control mm-hmm. and the things that you absolutely cannot you could argue that well jason Voorhees will catch up with you eventually but That's at least you it. have the the illusion of being able to escape because you can see him and you can run there's something that you can do mm-hmm. about about it if you got freddy in your dreams yeah they do end up finding a way but it's like there there's no escaping it there's no logical way to deal with the situation and we can't fucking handle that shit and i think there's also the whole we know that freddy is not real we know that right. jason is not real they're characters yeah but possession could be real. well i have i think we that even if it's not say a demon possessing you I think our brains are powerful enough to even address it in this movie where it's a psychological condition where it's all about like your not your perception but you're convincing yourself that you are possessed and your belief in your possession is what allows exorcisms to work because you see the priest and your brain is like well I believe Mm -hmm. in this this demon enough that I believe in this priest now and that's why it works your brain like goes to reset because it's been convinced. So even if it's not a demon, it's still fucking terrifying because you're not in control of that Mm. scenario. Your brain is. Mm -hmm. Before I forget, I was reading uh, a compilation of Jewish uh, Jewish folk tales yesterday in a book called Lilith's Cave. And one of the things that they talk about in the beginning is the use of the folktale to explain like fears and stuff like that. And there's a a, uh, traditional Jewish story where... um, some variant of a woman is on her way to a ceremonial bath that's perched on the far side of a river and she falls into the river and what emerges from the river is a demon that's per- has put itself in the guise of her. Okay. So it's her demonic doppelganger walks out of the water and starts being really abusive towards her family. And this story was parsed as because there's lots of stories like that where someone goes into the woods and what comes out something is something different. But yeah. it, it is them. But it's a the demonic them. It's a right. demon disguised as them. And these are used to explain madness. Like, you know, like it's, it's, you know, they, they changed suddenly and everything got weird. And it's usually not like they came back and killed everyone. It's they came back and started just a little different being mean, mean or yeah. being abusive or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'd use that to describe madness. And I was like, oh, and possession too. And the next paragraph is like, possession's a totally different thing. Because mm. all of the stories that are of like people falling in the river and the demon comes out, but it looks like them. That's that all reads like madness, but it also reads like folk tales, mm. like mm-hmm. it's like it's a story. All right, universally, she the woods and she right. Universally, in the Torah and the Old Testament and the Zohar and Kabbalists and these Jewish these Jewish texts where possession comes up, it's read as a record. It's read as a factual oh, wow. event. It's, it's documentation. It's of their doc- not a story. Sure. It's not like a, a, a warning story mm-hmm. or like this is a this is a little allegory to help us understand madness. They're like so. It's like on June fourteenth. Yeah, this the man, possession started. Yeah, and they talk about like the how the rabbi comes in and will do the. It's they're not actually uh, demonic possession in the Jewish folklore is fairly rare. They get something called a dibbuk instead, which is the spirits of the dead. Like people die and then that dead person inhabits a living person which is weirdly similar to how the loa work i was just thinking of writing yeah Yeah. but um 
but then they they the rabbi they name the rabbi he comes in does performs his exorcism and casts the dibbuk out but it's all presented as fact and it's what's crazy. what's really fucked up is back in high school when i was first researching this and you can you can look go look up the numbers right now if if you think we're just like pumping the exorcist up but like the number of i think the catholic church a couple years ago had like 10 exorcists on staff but last year the pope announced that they were uh, widely expanding the number of exorcists, trained exorcists that were, they were keeping on on serious. staff mm-hmm. in the Vatican. So it's there's a lot more exorcists now than there were even two, three years ago. And if you look at the number of possessions, mostly um, these numbers come from like third world countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of they're they're really big and not <laughs> they're really popular, right. <laughs> but they're the a lot of the numbers come from South America. But uh, there are the number of possessions annually that are like reported as demonic possessions that are addressed by exorcism. The numbers are fucking shockingly high. Really? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So this isn't this. Well, in The Exorcist, the movie, they, I think it's one of the bishops or something says it's a little secret that the the Catholics keep in their closet and only yeah. bring out when they have to. There, and like, there hasn't been an exorcism since like sixty three or whatever. right. Yeah, it's been like ten years or something. And that exorcism that they're talking about in the movie, like there hasn't been an exorcism since blank, since blank. The the girl who the exorcism of Emily Rose is based on, was she was one? a German girl. That was her. She was the last exorcism that the Catholic Church sanctioned until the 2000s. Wow. Because she died. So even the Catholic Horribly. Church is, is like, no, this is a thing that exists. Yeah. Whether or not they believe it's demonic or part of... Okay. Right? Yeah, in in because tw- we're in 2018 right now. In 2018, the... We're not in like 1973. Right, yeah. In 2018, <laughs> yeah. the Catholic Church has expanded the number of exorcists that they keep trained and on staff. Like they they have more exorcists now than at any point in history. Well, in 2018, can't say I'm surprised, right? And so, but it's you can do a little digging if yeah. you want, and a, a lot of the stuff you run into is like you know exactly what this movie says, which is like this is a, a specific form of basically religious mental illness. Right. So the treatment has to be has to be religious. religious. So you do religious pageantry, and it it's psycho. It's essentially psychosomatically right. reduces the symptoms. The other thing that this movie doesn't address is that exorcisms, real exorcisms. There's a, actually a, it's like kind of a shitty movie. Do you watched it with me? It's called the I think it's called the Last Rite. Mm. It's about a priest in Italy who's performing exorcisms, and that movie Does treats have, um, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Oh, I've, I saw that. That movie treats exorcisms correctly, and it's boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's boring as fuck is because, in reality, ex- real exorcisms, the way that pr- you can tell that I wanted to be an exorcist for a while. Yep. So, <laughs> which I found out wasn't a job. You're just a priest. You're just a priest, right? <laughs> this is something you happen to specialize in. Yeah, so have you, special training. It, you have a little bit of training. It's like a weekend. You also club. have to give the sacrament. Like, you know. And you get to deliver mass and shit. And I'm yeah. like, fuck that noise. What do you mean I can't wear a trench coat and smoke cigarette after cigarette like John's mm. Have, have two, two <laughs> bells follow you around everywhere you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tubular bells everywhere I go. Or the or uh, the yes. Suspiria score. I'd mm-hmm. take that, too. Just have Goblin walking around behind you with their weird little lutes and liars. <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, I, you guys got demons? Oh, I my got God. Goblins. It's like having, be like having Robin's minstrels and shit. Yeah, literally. You're yeah. like the you're like a happy-go-lucky Robin Hood who sometimes kills young the girls. Robin, the Robin Hood of exorcism. Exactly. But an, ex, an actual exorcism, in, in mm-hmm. reality, when they sit down and do I, it. I'm, 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 working, working, I'm working with I that. S- I see the wheels turning. 
it is a sometimes years long process. Yeah. Yeah. You meet once a week. You it's perform. It's like seeing a therapist. Yes. It's exactly like seeing a therapist, except for your therapist hits you with some holy water and talks at you in Latin and presses a crucifix to your forehead. Right. And, and you, you stigmata and shit. It's in a weird way. It's almost like like the weird um, like uh, drug psychology that they were doing in the sixties. Oh yeah. Because it's you come in. This you sit down with this priest who starts doing like a big show production and lets you vent some controlled madness for about an hour, and then he puts your madness back in the box and you feel better because you've vented you a little bit of crazy. And then you come back next week, mm. or he comes to your house next week and lets you vent a little more crazy. And over the course of years, or a, a year, or six months, right. or however long it takes, you can work that completely out of your system. And that is what psychologists think that exorcism is. No, you just, just go on a run. <laughs> right? Go do some deadlifts, man. Oh, but that's that is that curls. that's the thing that gets people fucking riled up though about mental illness especially cuz it's there's a wide range of, of what that means. Everything from is depression to mind? like no, to like oh, demon yeah. depression. Demon depression. Demon Demon depression. Demon depression. Oh, yep, yep, yep. It's like somebody Very like apt. you don't need to take medication, just go on a run, go outside. Sometimes that doesn't fucking work though. Yeah. You know, so I get it. It's like you're gonna have to find that measure that works. What what's weird? Sometimes it's a priest. <laughs> what weird? What's weird for me about the the possession thing is this movie does show this movie shows them exhaust all the medical options mm-hmm. and even the medical the doctors are the people who say like you got you should get an exorcism. You know we don't know if to try to priest yet. But I think that. We've talked about this off mic when we were talking about The Exorcist like over the last Mm -hmm. year or so like that is the scariest part of this movie. It's not the demon possession. It's the not having any fucking idea what's wrong with Reagan. And he also realized that the medical community still today in 2018 Mm -hmm. is just it's a practice of best guesses. Yeah. Yes. Trial and error. Trial and error. That didn't work. Shit. Oh, that medication killed you. Sorry. Well, the doctors will do this thing where they're like, I got your scans. We're looking at the scans and I can tell you with 99.9999% certainty. Like you can see it right here. This right here, that's a tumor. And then like they put you on this like crazy course of medication and it makes you like way sicker. And then they do the scan and they're like, actually that scan was a jelly donut that we right. that we smudged on the thing. We don't know anything at all that's wrong with you. I had food poisoning. Did I ever tell you the food poisoning? No. Oh my god. I got food poisoning. Like, okay, so I get home, I wake up, I'm like, oh, I feel weird. Run to the bathroom! And I was shitting my guts out and vomiting into a trash can at the same time. Grody, like, it was, yeah. it was full on yep. like the most brutal food poisoning ever. Yeah, so once I had like calmed... Full of evacuation. <laughs> once I was empty, yeah, exactly. I was like Reagan times two. Yeah. And then we went to the like the doctor, and I was like, I've got food poisoning. And they're like, all right, well, let's we're going to do some tests here. We need a, we need a fecal, and we're going to do a cheek swab. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, your symptoms sound like this. Here, take this medicine. And I was like, okay, I will take this medicine. And I took that medicine for seven days, and I just got worse and worse. Like, I was... Pedia, I was drinking like what was it like a case of Pedialyte a day Holy and no solid food. Shit. Nothing would stay down. I'd eat solid food and I would shit it out ten minutes, twenty minutes later. Like it was, I was just like a straight pipe from mouth just to ass. Complete was, rejection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so I was, I'm and like I was on IV fluids a couple times. I was really fucking sick, and I'm like, 
maybe this isn't food poisoning because it's been like seven, seven eight days. days and i get a call from the doctor and they're like hey this is the doctor's office buddy how's it going do you, I hope you haven't been taking that medicine that we gave you that we, that we told you, that we prescribed you and told you to take or you'd get sicker. Well, turns out you've got this little bug in your stomach that if you take that medicine, it'll just make your symptoms worse. So if you stop taking the medicine, you'll be better in 12 hours. Just didn't take my next dose. It was better the next day. Jesus Christ. I was like, I was, I had zero food for like seven days in a row because the doctors fucked up. Yep. You're right. It literally is like guesswork. But in this movie, educated guesswork. But at the same time, yeah, yeah, still, yeah. they've got super expensive. Their dartboard equipment. has correct answers on it. Where right. if I'm just gonna go onto WebMD, it's got mostly wrong answers on it. Well, WebMD will eventually just tell you you're having an aneurysm. Oh, you're having cancer, a stroke, a heart attack, and you you're probably gonna shit the bed tonight. Every like, time I've ever gone on WebMD, I'm, I'm dying. Like, I'm like toe. I'm like my toe oh, itches. My toe kind of hurts a little, and yeah. it's like you got brain gout. And I'm like, <laughs> what? what? Yeah. Oh no. You have, a, you have a brain cloud. They go full fucking <laughs> Tom Hanks on yeah, you. Brain. <laughs> I'm re- and you read the symptoms, and you're like. I mean, none of these sound like me, but I do have a sore toe. Yes. Brain gout with stomach lesions and I got exploding eyeball syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Did you know there's actually a syndrome called exploding head syndrome? I probably have it. I feel like I have most of the symptoms. I told you about this the other day. It's on the moment of waking, you hear an insanely loud, like, like klaxons. You hear like a super loud alarm sound that no one else can hear. That's the only symptom. It's like when you wake up in the morning, you hear just a the most blisteringly loud noise you've ever heard, but no one else around you can hear it. And then after a certain period of time, it goes away. Wow. And then you go through your day and you go to bed and you wake up the next morning and just, Wah! I probably wouldn't go, I probably syndrome. wouldn't go back to sleep. Can you, can you get it? Can you intentionally get it? Can you force yourself can you force to get yourself? it? Cause I don't I, know. Cause I can't wake up on that first <laughs> alarm. I feel like I had some klaxons going on. I might just not go back to sleep. <laughs> Get some more writing done. Maybe tinker around the piano for a bit. Yeah. Get every time dog. you'd come over, you'd be yeah. fucking... No, seriously. You'd that's... be haunted. You'd have the deepest dark <laughs> circles. You'd be like, I'm so productive. <laughs> I wrote 4,000 pages <laughs> today. today. <laughs> <laughs> What's on the pages, Kyle? It's just like, wish I could sleep wish over sleep. and over again. Oh, we're going to play. Wish I could sleep. Carl, adult boy. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so this... I don't even know how to get back to the exorcist from that weird rabbit hole we fell Question. down. Oh, yes. oh, wait, I wanted to... This was ages ago. You and I had an, a disagreement about this. <laughs> and it kind of... No, this note. that I was going to mention this like it half an hour ago. <laughs> so... Really quick, um, the way that people don't want to watch The Exorcist, but they'll be fine watching 15-year-old girls get slaughtered. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) Lars von Trier has a new movie out. It's called The House That Jack Built. It stars Matt Dillon and Uma Thurman, and it's basically about uh, a serial killer. And we kind of follow the career of the serial killer. And uh, by all accounts, it it is one of the most fucked up movies of all time, which it's Lars von Trier. I'm not shocked. He did Antichrist. Mm. But like... Like it, it follow. It's it's supposed to have the most realistic on screen portrayal of a strangling ever. Oh, apparently this it takes like twenty minutes to choke this woman to death, and he's got to keep like he takes a break and he comes back because it really is truly hard to strangle someone to death. 
It takes a long time it's to die that way. It's hard to kill way. people. It's hard to right. kill people. So this movie is super <laughs> fucked up and disturbing, and I'm showing it to Bird. And Bird, we've watched a couple Lars von Trier films together, and she's like, oh, yeah, oh, a serial killer, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then there's a little moment where a boy picks up a baby duckling and looks at it kind of funny, and she goes, I don't know if I can watch this. Yeah. It's that thing where the rest of the movie is him killing kill, human beings. Don't kill dogs or puppies or, yeah. That, to me, is kind of the space The Exorcist lives mm-hmm. in, where people are like, They'll go and watch, you know, like you said, Jason Voorhees kill a hundred, a hundred children in the most brutal ways you've mm-hmm. ever seen, splitting people in half and shit. But then when the in The Exorcist, it's like, oh, a little girl f- stabs herself with a crucifix in her vagina. I don't know if I can watch that. And you're That's like, pretty rough. You're like, really? I mean, yeah. It's hoo ha hurt. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it makes my hoo ha hurt. <laughs> and we were we talked about it when we were watching it. The The Exorcist is legitimately disturbing. Mm-hmm. But after you've seen it once, it all, all of the like it's still an uh, like a I think it's a flawless movie. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any any parts that don't hold up or don't deliver on their promises but it does lose the edge it loses that first razor edge where because the first time you see reagan the expectation jesus fuck you you know like and then like her mom lick me stuff in her mom's head between her legs you're when you're watching that you're like what the fuck am i watching but the second time through you're watching the filmmaking because the surprise is gone I, I, it, it's the same thing for me as the house that Jack built where Bird is like I'll watch I'll watch like people die all day long but then there's that edge of like is he gonna kill the duck right. I can't watch him kill a baby duck but it took me almost a year to get Bird to watch John Wick mm, because and of I, the puppy I thing yeah. Yeah. yeah the only think about how many human beings he kills in that all, all of them there's no no one left on the and planet and a dog it's dies just John <laughs> just a, one person a dog dies and all the dogs and all the dogs right <laughs> all the dogs yeah and the, the adorable little pity at the end but like literally there isn't that dog dies off screen total screen time involving dog death 25 seconds yeah and people dog in film about seven and a half minutes yeah maybe like all this early stuff is really adorable. There's an off-screen dog death, and then the ev- the saddest of all time staying on the dog death, where it dragged itself over to die next to John. I know is so horrible, but like, okay, twenty seconds of she's, she's broker. I did. I'm sorry, but like twenty seconds of off-screen. They did not kill that dog. Nope. Spoilers, guys. That dog is fine. That no dogs were killed he at all. He took it to red carpet events. He did. He took it to all That's of the amazing. premieres. <laughs> but like. But people, I I know, I still know people. I got Bird. I broke Bird down. She watched it. And you love John Wick, right? Great movie. I do. I watched it on my own the other day. Okay. For funsies. I still know people who won't watch John Wick because a fake dog is killed off screen over the course of 20 seconds. Like, I think that's why a, The Exorcist No, no, still, a real dog is not killed a real off screen. A real dog is, a real is, dog not, is killed. not killed right. off screen. And then they get a puppy to take a nap. And then put some blood around <laughs> right, it. Like, yeah. that's what that shot is. It's like a little It sleepy. might not even be a puppy. It, it could might be, be a, a fake stuffed, dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> stuffed animal. Like, Keanu Reeves pets a stuffed animal, and people are like, fuck <gasps> this movie. Right. I think that's why The Exorcist still has so much clout, is it's got this rep where people are like, oh, dude, you got to watch the scene. We're fucking. I mean, the, we watched the director's cut. Mm-hmm. They cut the spider walk the spider out of the walk. movie because it, it, it freaked people out. Love too much. And the blood walk. out of the mouth. The blood out of the mouth where she's like, and it all drips it's so fucking amazing great. but it's it messed with people too much they're like like people were fainting yeah. in 73 when they showed the, ah! they showed the spider walk all of the people in the theater would just swoon into each <laughs> other's arms this is the arms. first spider walk yeah. i think so yeah this is the og this is where the effect comes from it's super famous yeah it's like that 
I thought that this was effect an effect that they did like in '93, whenever they got the director's cut. Mm-hmm. I thought there was newer technology that they went back and like reshot and put it back in because that's the shot that they wanted. Mm-hmm. But as far as I understand, that's actually footage from 1973. That's 73, yeah. It's fucking a, crazy, they gotta, man. They got a contortionist to do it. It's just it's a nuts, contortionist man. dressed like Reagan. It <laughs> looks fake. I mean, it's so jarring that your brain is like... It, did it, she? Uh, did they speed the footage up? You think they did? Or? Speed yeah, the they footage clocked up. it a little bit. Yeah. But it looks—you know what it looks like? It looks like the opening credit sequence to American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Like the bits, all oh, the little, the little wherever where they're like dropping frames to make things look clicky. I call that trompy. Trompy. Yeah, it's my sister and I's word for anything that's a little bit like, like jittery, jittery and weird. It's like, ooh, we don't like it because it's it's trompy. That's it looks trompy, but it's literally just a contortionist. I know footage that's overclocked, (laughs) and it looks fucking awesome. But like, I was just thinking about it as I was saying, like, this movie's not as this movie is definitely disturbing. There's disturbing stuff in this movie. One of the the moment that Bird and I always come back to is when the the priest is playing on the piano and they're all sing it along, sing it along. And Reagan goes, the astronauts by the door, (gasps) and she comes, she walks into the room and looks at the astronaut and goes, "You're gonna die up there," and then she pisses on the floor. This is 19, This isn't 2018. Right. This isn't Pornhub.com. This is 1973. There's something really fucked up about a. How old is she? Twelve. She's twelve. There's a twelve-year-old girl standing in the living room, just pissing into a puddle. And mom's reaction is Reagan. She's Honey? like, yeah. And as yeah. Reagan starts to like, because she, she's standing in a puddle of her own piss, and something about that, something about the there. This movie is a kind of about filth in a way mm-hmm. it's watching a human being slowly degrade yeah like a prepubescent girl mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it, it is the horror of growing old made more horrible by applying it to a child but like when she's vomiting all over herself and she mm. just sits there quietly and there's like vomit oozing just down oozing. her chin there's something about the fact that she doesn't want to clean it off or doesn't care to clean it off that is horrifying yeah that's the vomit itself is just like green. It's green goo. It's like pudding. It, it's pudding or or whatever. Yeah, it it could be the the slime. It could be Nickelodeon right. slime. For that in itself is not inherently scary. What's it's scary the is, is oozing out, and she's when not. she's done, she makes no move to wipe her lips, and you're like, don't you care? Like you're covered in Mm-mm. puke, and she doesn't, and that's what's fucked up. Or when she pisses in a puddle and stands in it, you're like, don't you? Oh God, you're standing in piss. Yeah. Oh, it, there's something about the the slide into like she's she's like you know because she's incontinent she's an entire entirely an invalid she's on a breathe she's on a breathing tube at the end yeah like she's got the tube taped into oh, her I nose it was a feeder. is it a feeding tube i thought it was a oh feeding yeah they tube. do run those through your nose yeah so it could be a feeding tube it could be but it's some yeah she's hooked up to, to stuff to some, keep her alive she's got yeah. iv fluids we can hear that there's that breath at the end or she's in the room and she's it's just like Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh god, it's <coughs> it is it is the the horror of of aging and deteriorating, mm-hmm. and because that's they talk about it with Cronenberg all the time, body horror. The fly is really it's the about flesh. It's the new flesh is his whole thing. Yeah, well, the the I think. The new flesh is is Cronenberg. Well, that's that's a video drum, right? Yeah, and also it's a it's a that's a Cronenberg like 
top level that's his metaphor that he's working and i think what hits us as viewers is is there's something really disturbing about infirmity did you ever see or read thinner yeah the reason that's what's so fucking scary about that isn't the gypsy curse no it's the fact that there's nothing you can do and you keep wasting away and you're trying you're trying everything you can to stop your body from betraying you and it won't it will not stop he keeps getting thinner and thinner and thinner and they think cancer and then it's yeah. not cancer. And that part of that book, part of that book is, is the, the medical stuff too. Like, yeah. What, what we the don't know. fuck? We can't save you. There's maybe nothing. it is a gypsy curse. You should go, you should go atone go for your, yeah, go say sorry gypsy. and shit. <laughs> but but yeah. like one of the things that, like part of that book that always got me was when his, he, his teeth start falling out yeah. and he starts oh. losing his hair. That's the part in the fly too. That's like, as soon as he starts ripping teeth out of his face and his fingernails, yeah. that got that's me like, too. Oh. When he's like pulling teeth and his fingernails are falling off. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, he is, I have recurring dreams of losing teeth. Oh and yeah. Like, me too. It's per, it's pretty common. A lot of people do, but like, man, when you're, re, when you're watching movies like this, like the exorcist mm-hmm. or like thinner or the fly, and you're watching someone's, body betray them yeah to their ultimate end i think that pushes a primal button for oh us, it sure does where we're all you know we've anybody who's fear been alive death, anyone yeah, who's been alive more than 20 talked, years i just trying to remember what episode we talked about it like some the, the your body betraying you is one of the most sort of oh, awakenings yeah 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 awakenings where no matter what you do like the part of it was those those they've been invalids for so long they're old now and some of the like they're like I can't dance like I used to be able to dance and they're going to go back into a coma yeah. there's nothing they nothing can do you can about do. it yeah. so I mean I don't know it just that's for me that's the horror of the exorcist yeah there's a, we we uh, I've always felt the medical part of it was more terrifying than the demon possession part of it the mm-hmm. god damn the fucking effects when they do that um when they go when they in through a corroded artery and, and shoot the die yeah mm. fuck dude like we we haven't talked. We've talked about how great Max von Sydow is, but let can we give a like an, a retrospective Academy Award to fucking Linda Blair? I was gonna say to Linda Blair. Linda Blair please. just a not. She's amazing. She yeah. annihilates in this movie. It, she's so fucking perfect. When because she's laying on the. You were saying that they actually did the procedure on her. They they, they did some of it. I don't think they went up to the actually. Injecting, I don't think they. Yeah, I don't. But. But that's everything a, is medically accurate as far as the procedure is going. When she's, which is other, when she's, also why it's so terrifying. She's, she's laying like, on that. Oh, they're actually gonna do this fucking. Oh, what's man. fucked about that is they're like they're laying on. She's laying on the table, and her her like pain face is spot on. Where you're like, that is the face you make when you're like you're gutting it out. Yep. When it's like, oh, oh and they have God. the clunky thing, and she's like. Mm-hmm. Shuddering and, and sweating and yeah. but pre clunky thing when they they thread that thing into her you can see like it's pain but like she feels sick too like yep. not like nauseous revulsion. and then when they they uncap that tube and that spray of blood just sprays down the whole thing and he threads in he's threading in so much fiber optic yeah. cable or whatever, whatever that, the is. Fuck that is yeah and you're watching and you're like. Oh God, she's twelve, and Linda Blair's she's killing it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the medical stuff. Like right now, I'm all like, I know I'm being Ugh. really squidgy right now. <laughs> and then it starts with one doctor, 
And then that doctor asks for a consult, and he brings in another doctor. The other doctor. And then we see... I love how doctors smoke in hallways in this movie. Immediately... going to give you your prognosis while chiefing a smoke. The like, second they're out of the the, di- the like exam room, they're like, fucking thank God. Thank God we need to smoke this. Oh, hey there, Chris. You want to smoke... You want to smoke some crack? It's everything but, man. They're like, I'm going to prescribe Reagan... Some Ritalin. We're going to get her on Ritalin, but also she's going to have to start taking laudanum regularly. Does she brush with cocaine tooth powder? Because that could help. That could help, too. Doctors... Just to get you started in the morning. See, the medical profession's asking us, like, trust us, we know. I'm like, yeah, but less than 100 years ago, you guys were prescribing heroin. Yeah, right. (laughs) No shit. You still are prescribing heroin. In the 70s, they were smoking in hospitals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, oh my God, not even 50 years ago. No, they used to prescribe, you know, try try smoking cigarettes, it might help you with your lungs, like... Yeah, or some weird shit like that. They prescribe they prescribe cigarettes for weight loss. Mm-hmm. Weight loss, for a that long was time, it. They're yeah. like, "Boy, you're fat. Here, smoke these." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, "What?" And now in 2018, they're like, "Come on in. We'll get you fixed up." I'm like, "Thanks. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna s- smoke some weed and talk to a witch doctor. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm gonna skip ahead to the end. I've <laughs> right. seen the exorcist. I've seen the exorcist. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, we can't pin down that sniffle. We're gonna have to do another spinal. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. Oh, fuck. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, we gotta take the whole limb. What? You jammed your finger, but luckily you're gonna make your uh, you're gonna make your deductible for this year because that's a ten thousand dollar exam we just came. Exactly. You know, like, I'm like, uh, bird, can you shake some some rattlesnake tails over me? And uh, God, no, seriously though. Uh, the um, what what part of this the 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 moment in this movie. First of all, how many different quotes from this movie have we quoted oh my back God. and forth over the course so of... I love your idea for a t-shirt for Christmas next oh, year. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Bert, Bert is not a huge fan, but I... Neither is Danielle. super limited Not run. allowed to wear two. Like, two shirts. One and they, for you, one for me. You're not allowed to leave the house. We'll just yeah. have them framed somewhere. Claire in a chair can wear it. Yeah, sure. oh my god, we'll put yeah. it on Claire in a chair. And that's that's the only place that that's acceptable. Dude, I on. always hear the, the since you sent that message to me, I hear like the 90s not the not the premiere uh voiceover for for um for trailers, not the good one, but uh, the like the second or third tier guy this holiday season. The guy who does like Encino Man, right? Exactly. Yes, the Encino Man voiceover guy. That's the one this holiday season. <laughs> I can totally yeah. hear it in that guy's voice. <laughs> um, the, we're not gonna give it away here. We won't because it's case. too good it's and too, too good. offensive. Yes. <laughs> the um. <laughs> The thing that I always come back to about The Exorcist is there there are there are hallmark moments in this movie that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. The 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 crucifix, let Jesus fuck you, lick me sequence. Everyone knows that. The two times that the head turns all the yep. way around. The puking of the pea soup was a was a, they oh they always mention oh the pea soup. I don't get it though because it's not like pea soup, be, it's a anyways it's gak. No. Gak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. In all honesty, I thought it was like green oatmeal yeah in all honesty it it it's not the the puke i don't know why people stick on the puking so much it is it doesn't even squick me out and that's no. like my thing bird hates vomit like more well, than this anything looks so not it's like so vomit not puke yeah it's almost like the 
the thing yeah we talked about Ecto? it just now but Ecto, like the yeah. thing about it is the oozing yeah. afterwards that fucks with me but like the puking itself doesn't bother me at all and actually it it works really well to to help characterize Marin later when she throws up on the or she doesn't even throw up she just like oozes, oozes. It onto his um Fuck, I used to know the name of this. Oh, the, the his, like, scarf shawl thing? or sash thing? Yeah, his, his sash. sash. It has a word. There's a word for what that is. But anyway, she... It's part of the right, isn't are. it? Yeah, she, like, barfs on it a little. And he just, without breaking stride, takes it off, hands it to Karis. Karis washes it, brings it back. And Marin, without a single moment of compunction, kisses it. The vomit yep. scarf. And puts it back on. And that's Marin. Mm-hmm. It worked like the fuck the vomit. Who cares? Like that. It characterizes Marin, the aftermath of it. But like that's that's not Indiana that Marin up. has In, balls of steel. He does yeah. have balls of steel. I like how unwavering he is the, during the Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. Like, he like Karis gets punched in the he gets donkey punched, and Marin's like. You even mentioned something we were watching. I was like, hey, nice shout that, out. That like, was me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, couldn't have given him a heads up, up man. Like, no. Oh, that's right. Because Bird's like, no, he's like deadlocked. He's, he's in, so yeah. focused. Yeah. Like, it's this like, is the only no thing that matters in the, the room. room. And that's what he says before they even go in there. Like, some shit's going to happen. We have to maintain 100% focus. Well, and the other thing that, uh, that's in that same scene when he's talking about focus, when he's like, there seem to be, f- like, uh, so far I've, t- I've picked out six distinct personalities. And Marin goes, there's, there's one. one. Yeah. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? What? I'm I'm a psychiatrist, man. He goes, and I was I just got back from Iraq, so fuck you. Right, exactly. How about that? Give me my Bible, boy. Yep. <laughs> I got work. I to got do. work to do. They're like, like gunslingers, man. Really I is, love this dude. Shit. They walk in there and you hear that whistling breath, and then like a tumbleweed goes by, mm-hmm. and she's like, ah, "It's Marin," and then he's, yeah, Indiana, Indiana, Marin. That that last, people always make fun of the power of Christ compels you. Dude, like, that's that, fucking powerful shit, dude. That's it's akin to me for. I know you don't like the movie, but in Robin Williams, Matt Damon, oh, wait, um, like apples, good fucking Goodwill good hunting. hunting. I know you don't like it, but it is akin to to the scene in Goodwill Hunting for me. Then it's not your fault scene mm. where they're doing that. Act, it's an acting exercise. Yep. Where you deliver a line and they deliver a response and then you pick a different motivation and do it again and they pick a different motivation and do it again and they do it again and again and yeah. again and same finally line? Yeah, same, same line. Okay. He's uh, he's play, Robin Williams is playing a psychiatrist. Matt Damon's playing basically like a, a mathematics savant. Yeah. And and Robin Williams is trying to finally break through Matt Damon's like tough exterior, and he says it's not your fault. And it's it's like what happened in your childhood, this this horrible thing you went through that's made you this like walls up tough kid it wasn't your fault. You don't blame yourself. So he goes, It's not your fault. And Matt Damon's like, What are you doing? What do you what do you mean it's not my fault? And he goes, It's not your fault. And then Matt Damon's like, Don't fuck with me right now, right. man. And he goes, It's not your fault. He just says it again and mm-hmm. again. And Matt Damon Until he breaks down. And that was improv. But Matt Damon realizes what he's doing and goes with it. And starts exploring the emotion that his character is going through, and fucking breaks down fully. That moment where they're like, the the bed is floating in the air, which is a amazing awesome. effect. Yes. that effect looks so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like even 2018, the bed, we just that bed shaking, and then the bed going 
and just levitating, you're like, what? Oh, the fuck did you even do that, dude? I was so impressed. I'm so impressed every time I yep. see that. But then you they, don't see the head of the bed in that shot, though, right? You do. No. You do. You do. Oh, I, it's away from the wall. The bed, the head of the bed is. Yeah. Well, I was wondering. There's no way that it's that it's pulls through the wall because it raises so much. We would see the runners. Oh right. So it must be being lifted from the bottom. So the only way I can imagine they do it is they have they have like a car lift on the bottom of the bed and then two posts welded into that that push straight up from the bottom. That's the only way I can conceive of that they would do that effect. It looks so goddamn good, yeah. dude. And the fact that it's not just straight up and down, like, it's it, like, it kind of wiggles wiggle, like, yeah. as it comes up. There's some, like, wobbly wibbly I'm, to it. I suppose they could have, like, gotten, the, they could have done it on wires and, like, David well, Copperfield. They, did, they like, trusted enough to put an actress on it. A child, yeah. too. Like, that is amazing. Then again, 70s, 70s. Wild West. <laughs> yeah, they fucking almost crippled the girl, woman who plays Chris in this movie for real. But, like,. Man, and that's another thing that shaking bed effect earlier, yes, where it's like, yeah. dush, 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 and like it's coming up like two feet like per yeah. corner. Setting. Yeah, it's it is. Fucked. It's super upsetting. It's, and her mom gets on there, and, and like, it's Jesus still God, damn it. yeah, and it's still going. You're like, this is the wildest ride that these women have. Yes, like this is like, fuck your, fuck your, your bar bowl. Right. We need, we need, <laughs> we a, need, we, we need to do a bed. We need bed. to do a bar that has the exorcist, exorcist bed. Oh my God, yes. Oh, the measuring flicks bar. It'd be like Planet Hollywood, but for this kind of shit. Yeah, it'd be fr- it'd be fr- <laughs> it'd there's be Frank Zappa Kappa. There's a booth where you go collection. in with with edible toilet paper. Mm, the bathroom you can either eat or wipe or wipe. <laughs> hey now. Hey, okay. Pick one. Not, <laughs> not, not, not wipe and then wall. You could, yeah. No, 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 no. no, no. That's wake. the German bar down the street. This is Frank Zappa Kappa. This is a classy, classy joint. <laughs> we, got, we only have the Kuiper. Ride the Exorcist bed and then get your shot from Bill Pullman's bar card if you stay on. Fucking a. <laughs> yeah, but dude, that so once the bed is floating, Karis is like, what the. F- Fuck. You can see the you can see the the the, the iPhone screen crack in his brain. Yeah, no shit. Yep. <laughs> it's just like he's like, I guess I'm out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck this uh, shit. Oh, Marin, you have a good time with this. I'm gonna go and kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm gonna go be with mom now. And Marin is immediately like, the power of Christ compel. It is it is not I who commands you. Yes. Yeah. It's the power of it is uh, it is God Himself right. who commands commands you. It is the power of Christ that compels you. Right. And then he starts saying that line. And everyone, there that has become well, a joke. Well, it's become a joke, yeah. But when you watch that scene, dude, they say it like 10 times or more. Or more, yeah. They are, say, they are screaming that at that little girl for a minute. Like they, and that must then, have been exhausting. Yes. That, this whole movie must have been... Oh, such God. a trial. But the, it shows on the screen. Mm-hmm. The, the work, the the... the the suffering that must have gone into making this movie come shows shows in the celluloid. Well, it's not the devil that's in the film negative. It is. It is the, all the, it's blood, the blood, sweat, and tears. tears of that of that cast and crew. That that's a test. The the rep of this movie has nothing supernatural about it. It is just a total testament to the people who made it. The quality happen. of this film. It's Put fucking incredible. In. Yep. Max von Sydow starts changing the inflection yeah. of the power of Christ compels you as he says it by accenting. In order, the different words of the power of Christ compels yeah. you. The power of Christ compels you. 
The power, the power of Christ compels yeah, you. It's amazing. It's he's picking different words to accent, and it sh- subtly shifts the meaning. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's amazing. That scene. There's a reason that scene has become. What is the 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 sincerest form of uh, oh a flattery uh, is flattery is the this or no uh, the most sincere form of flattery is whatever the fuck that <laughs> phrase is imitation is the most sincere yeah, form of flattery. oh well that's not it then it's it's like that thing it, then I'm thinking of the wrong quote but it's it's the weird that's the right quote yeah it's they're not imitating. if your stuff is good enough to lampoon yeah, that it's really yeah. fucking good. Yeah, it's like parody parody in a weird way is is like a tip is like a that's why the first scary movie works and all the other ones don't. Right. The first movie lovingly parodizes movies. The rest of them just make fun of movies. And that's why they don't stick with you. Right. The first movie is funny as fuck. The rest of them are like a series of gags strung together because that first movie has respect. Yes. And the next the, the rest of them are just like are left. just scenes. Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're just scenes, but like like date movie, disaster movie, the best epic movie. movie. They're all just making fun and instead of the best of Weird Al. Yeah. is always songs that are amazing. Mm-hmm. When he lampoons a song you love, you love the Weird Al version. When it's yeah. just some song you don't give a shit about, it's kind like of like his original songs. On. Yeah, his first <laughs> stuff. You just move on. But like Amish Paradise is hilarious yes. for a reason, man. You know, so. I don't know. That that sticks with me. Uh, the head turning around. All the medical shit sticks yeah. with me. But you know, one of the things that I watching this movie again. This is the first time I've watched the movie since I I've never read the book, but mm. since I listened to the audiobook read by William Peter Blatty. <laughs> this is a really sharp script. Like there's there's a lot of scenes in this that don't seem to necessarily have a whole lot going on on the surface when the detective comes and he's sitting there and he has his cup of coffee and he's just like I I, I, did your daughter make this I I ask it only in passing right you know and he's not he's not asking it he's asking a lot yeah but then there's so many scenes in this movie we actually this is this is specifically something we talked about you were on for the exorcist 3 right you because you watched that that's the one with the big shears or the where the the barely misses the, yes. the hallway thing oh. and the priest peeling yeah. off the ceiling. That movie we talked about this where when that father Father Dyer or whatever is in the hospital <laughs> and the guy comes in and they have that repartee back and forth. They're saying so much yeah. to one another, but all they're really saying is like, "Why don't you read something of quality? You're always reading those trash mags." Well, I can't get the the new issues, the trash mags, and shouldn't you be reading the scripture? Right. Uh, Jesus doesn't tell me what colors to wear. Smoking to... cigarettes, right? Yeah, again. and then they go back and forth. And this is the, I mean, the the book is the original mm-hmm. of William Peter Blatty has a super distinct where it's everything just seems like small talk. But the small talk is like fathomless. Yeah, it's so so deep, and that the uh, what did you think of that guy's performance? Because he's played. I by love him. The yeah, detective. Yeah, he's Cobb. a different guy um, in the third movie. Oh well, yeah, he's, he's he's George C. Scott in the third one because I believe the original actor passed away because okay. he was old. But I love I love that's what I was thinking when you're when you're bringing up the scene is I love that type of detective in a movie. It's almost like Arbogast in. Um, um, fuck. Is it Psycho? Anyway, that kind of detective that's that seems a little bit like there's some lazy affairs. Like, ah, I'm just asking and passing. It's no big deal. Do you mind if I have another cup of coffee? Like, well, there's so much shit happening. 
that they're calculating at a thousand fucking spider and fly. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And that coffee thing too. It's like, yeah, the coffee thing versus she. He's done asking questions. He's like, well, all right, I guess that's all. And she goes, and then he sits but doesn't move, and he's not leaving. So she goes. Would you like another cup of coffee? And he goes, sure, that'd sure, be great. Sure, that'd be great. And you're, and you're like, oh, like, fuck. Why? He's not done. You were done asking mm-hmm. questions. Why are you taking another cup of coffee? Because he's it's, pushing it pushing it just past. It's interrogation yeah, tactics, absolutely. too. Because now, now she's, she's rocked un- back a bit. She's yeah. uncomfortable. She's yeah. like, well, why is he staying? He's done. He said he was done. Mm-hmm. Why is he staying? <laughs> Nervous cigarettes. Nervous, Nervous cigarettes. But I love that. I love, I love old, old detectives, old cops in movies. Like... You know who's a good example of this for me is um, Morgan Freeman's character in Seven. Oh, absolutely. Mm. He's like, he has seen so much yep. and gone so far. I like the far. old weathered dick, man. Yeah, definitely. The the <laughs> one who, nothing like an old, old weathered, weathered dick, dick. <laughs> on, a, on a stormy night. <laughs> like, but there is something about. I want about, a dick with some mileage on it. It's, it's the cop who's disillusioned. Because there's the like, I once I get my. You ain't wrong. <laughs> once I once I get my teeth into it, I right. never let it go. There's something to that, you know. It's that Mike Hammer yeah, yeah, yeah. detective. But then there's the, you know, like Philip Marlowe. Yeah, absolutely. Philip Marlowe is like he's a private detective, and he's so jade. He's incredibly effective at his job, but that's because he realizes you don't have to be. It's like the best ser. It's like the best servers. The best servers are the servers who, like the waiters at restaurants, mm-hmm. are the servers who do not give a fuck. Because if you're stressing about everything all the time, oh, you get your to the table and you're like, hey, how's everything? How's everything tasting? Oh, steak's good. I can I can bring that up in temp for you. Do you want another glass of wine? That everyone hates that server. You're like, yeah, fine. Everything's great. Thank the you. server you like Thank is you. the one who forgets that they dropped your food, because that gives you 20 minutes to eat your meal. <laughs> and then they pop over and they're like, how was everything? Was it good? And you're like, yeah, everything was everything was fine. And he's like, right on. Anything else I can get for you? Well, maybe a dessert menu. Okay, cool. And then you have time to talk and right. enjoy your coffee while he's forgotten to go get your dessert menu. <laughs> right. He shows back up and it's like it's more and the servers relaxed. Yeah. They're not in your fucking face all the time. And that's what makes in the other direction this detective. So mm-hmm. he sits down and he's like, I'm going to ask questions as they occur to me. Yep. But I don't have any right now. So if you want to get me another cup of coffee. I might think of one or two. I think he's and, also like just observing. The yeah, environment. very much so. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's oh god, it's so good. And there's a there's a bit there at the end too that really endears us to him. Oh. Oh, I love it. It's yes. one of my favorite would, moments yeah. in the movie. Would you Would you mind? It's 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 for my for my daughter. An he, autograph. He gives please. her a card. Yeah, and she's like, well, "What's her name?" And he goes, "He has no yeah, name." Yeah, he does. He's like, he's like uh, "I lied. It's for me." me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "What's the name?" It's like he spells it. The spelling's on the back the of the card. On the back of the card. <laughs> That's one of my favorite beats in the whole movie is is the detective getting an autograph from her. He's in a weird way the detective is kind of like the 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 heart of this movie. Oh, very much so. And the fact that Blatty uses him to very I mean he's he's the entire third movie and second book, I guess. Uh or he just wrote the screenplay. There is no There is a second book. It's based okay. on it's the Exorcist the uh the Exorcist 3 is the Heretic, right? Second one is a heretic. The second one's which a heretic. Is garbage. What's the third one called? Exorcist Three. It has a name because it's based on the book of the same name. Shit. It's William Peter Blatty's sequel to The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, but that detective, uh, you know, first this guy and then George C. Scott later. What? Do I have a schmutz on me? Yeah. yeah um, schmutz. 
like there i totally lost my point I have no the idea. whole like he's a big film fan and he goes yes. all the time so it's actually that's very cute well yeah. i know it really is he's always him, trying to get people to you want to go see a movie with me go get a I sandwich get go see a, i get passes one of the interesting things about him is if you take him on if you take this this detective on his head He's a completely ineffectual character. Mm-hmm. He utterly fails. He doesn't accomplish no, no, anything. No, he doesn't accomplish shit. He does not accomplish anything in the whole movie. He makes no arrests. He doesn't definitively determine who kills anybody. He fails to prevent the last death and fails to punish anyone for anything. Yeah. As far as like a lawman goes. So it's hard to determine what purpose he serves. I was actually having a related conversation. Have you ever seen No Country for Old Men, Bird? No. I was having a related conversation about this, which is um, depending on who you talk to, no Country for Old Men is either a brilliant masterpiece film or it's the worst film anyone's ever seen. A lot mm. of people hate it with both hands. Like wow. that. And here's I, I watched a I watched a breakdown of it the other day because I love the movie mm-hmm. and I, I was on Ro- I was on Rocket Film School and I was like, why do I love this so much? <laughs> it's a Coen Brothers movie and I get a lot. I already knew a oh, lot of the stuff they were going. I would for. hate it with both hands. Yeah, probably. You might hate it with you would de- no you would definitely hate it. It's not your type of film. But they broke it down and. Every at every point in a normal screenplay where a specific thing is supposed to happen, the Coen brothers subvert it. And then in a genre movie, so like your your, your character discovers something about themselves and, and uh, moves on to like addressing the problem at the end of Act One. They skip that entirely. They flip over it. And no one. I, th- I think it's uh, uh, almost near the th- the end. No lessons are learned. Right. No lessons are learned. Um, so, like, mm. one of the things that they, like, it, spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it. The bad guy gets the money, accomplishes his goal, and escapes without punishment at the end. Yeah. The sheriff, played by Tommy Lee Jones, doesn't catch anyone, doesn't even know who committed Completely the crime. Yeah. Exactly. Our hero, our, our protagonist, is dead by the end of the second act. Uh-huh. And he dies off screen. Oh, that's right. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we're supposed to get a big climactic fight scene between no. our bad guy and our hero. Totally off screen. Two of the characters that we would typically root for who wouldn't die, Innocent Woman and something else, they, they are both also visited by um, 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 the ba- basically the bad guy. I can't remember the actor's Javier name. Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Visits both of them. Kills both of them. And both of those deaths are also off screen. Yeah. So every moment where the audience would get resolution or release of tension the the coen brothers skirt around it all Did the they way also write the script yes mm-hmm. top to bottom they skirt it's based on a cormac mccarthy novel yes but the the whole film from from frame one to the final frame the coen brothers subvert and skirt every single moment of resolution or Con, like conflict resolution, big moments of high tension, they skip it all and they give you a movie that's all subtext and all subtlety and people, it drove people fucking nuts yeah. except for the people who I loved un- it. understood the mechanics. I know, I loved it too because as you know, I hate the Coen brothers right, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, as we discovered <laughs> Carl hates the Coen Two brothers movies. except for 95% of right, the movies exactly. that they make <laughs> You're like, I fucking hate them. Hmm. And I'm like, what about all their movies, though? You're like, oh, those are great. Those are great. And I'm like, hmm. I actually hate <laughs> I don't know 95% of their movies. <laughs> you like uh, uh, um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. That's a Coen Brothers flick. They Man. didn't like... It's based on the Odyssey, it though. The Odyssey. Right. Well, I mean, it's hard to mess up the Odyssey. Cock it up too much. Well, <laughs> you, you can. <laughs> so, But that is essentially... that. That is our... 
That That's is our, our detective, detective character. Is yeah. He is... He is a he's like an inversion of a movie detective. Mm-hmm. But I think he's super important to the plot and to the movie though. I think so too. Because he's adding that without him there is there's already tension, right? There's there's a demon possession and a priest that has to maybe get an exorcist like or not. Well, because like, there that's maybe not going to happen because of the the Catholic Church has to sanction it. I think Marin is really our detective. I, right. I think the reason the detective is ineffectual is because he has no place in this world. He has no world. place. He doesn't live there. <laughs> yeah, right. this this world is a world of and it, yeah, demonic with, and possession. And without showing that, then that's not, it doesn't land as firmly that this is something happening completely outside the realm of, so doctors don't work and neither will, you, will your laws right. and your and your police. Yeah. He's also kind gonna, of our like audience proxy. Too. Kind of, yeah. He is, and, it, and we are just as ineffectual as he is because mm-hmm. we're, I mean, we've seen a lot of Exorcist movies now, but this is one of the OGs. Yeah. This is like, this Exorcist movie, we're like, I, I think that's part of it too, is anytime that first stone hits the wall, I mean, honestly though, Last House on the Left, exactly the same thing. Right. People had never seen a slasher that violent and they were like, what the fuck? And they lost their minds. Yeah. But nowadays, so many have come that when you go and watch that first splash in the water, you're like, really? Really? This was it? This mm-hmm. was the big kablooey? But like, the, the, the fact that he can't do anything because he's a man of logic and logic right. doesn't apply doesn't where he's like here. well you know what i what i he Bert Denning fell from your daughter he was probably thrown from your daughter's window a very by a very powerful large, man power, yeah but how can this be because there was no one Reagan in your was daughter's the only one room. Hmm. and she was heavily sedated at the time so <laughs> what do you think you know what he's doing he's he is informing us of how cuz we don't see that happen right. of how incredibly powerful this demon is mm-hmm. upstairs by it had to be a huge man it would have been, it had been blah, blah 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 so seeing it hearing it from him without seeing it happen we're like oh fuck and you can also see the incredulity of the world outside of mm-hmm. this house where like inside the house Reagan is possessed and we never doubt it for a second it's, right. it's real to us because we're yep. seeing it we're there but outside the house he's like Reagan was heavily sedated and the dude who threw this dude out the window must have been 300 pounds if he was an ounce. Right. So there's no fucking way this little girl did it. it back in the house, we're like, Reagan did it. Reagan yeah. absolutely yep. did it. But we can see him like, this simply does not compute. Yeah. His, He's his, trying to Arthur Conan Doyle it and it's not working. It's like, God, the room was locked. There was a murder. The window was locked. How did the killer well, escape? It's like, What's interesting is sure, if you... If you take Sherlock Holmes's methods, Reagan must have done it. No, absolutely. Because if you take all the facts, but like you can <laughs> right. see him failing to, because his brain just won't it's go there. not that. allowing it. It doesn't where, do it. Where Holmes would be like, well, it's a demon then. Or he'd, yeah, he'd, <laughs> he, he like, would arrive at a it's conclusion. Re- it's Reagan, and we need to figure out how it's Reagan. That's what it would be. Is right. like, there must be a way that it was this girl, because yeah. it can't be anyone else, and I refuse to bend facts to fit my theories. Exactly. So the facts say this little girl killed this motherfucker. Now, Watson, give me my German clay. <laughs> right. I'm going to smoke a hundred bowls and try and figure out how... <laughs> hundred bowls of tobacco, you naughty thing. And <laughs> right. try and figure out how the fuck this 12-year-old girl hurled a dude. By the way, speaking of Bruce, is it Bruce Den- Burt Denning? Yeah. Burt Denning, we find out that his head was turned all the way around, mm-hmm. facing backwards. But I love, because this, this is a movie that's not afraid to show you things. So the choice to not show you that is a meaningful one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's not like they were sitting there like we can't show a guy with his head turned on backwards because there's a little girl stabbing herself in the crotch with a crucifix. The first couple of times I saw Which this movie, Which magically appeared uh, from. No one put we it in. Don't right, yeah. Which is no. really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but the crucifix. Yeah, yeah, it just started showing up. Um, in the I was confused what was happening the first couple of times I watched. In this, the I'm book, like, it's who the, died. What? Who's Bert? Oh, he's a director. Why was the director in that? Oh, was watching Reagan. Like it's a. It's again that thing where you're kind of jumped into you're it. You're one like, you're half to, step behind. Yeah. And you're like, like what is happening? In the book, it's either her, her like secretary helper lady who puts the crucifix there or one of the caretakers. But mm-hmm. it is one of the two of them. And in the book, there's there's a book on like demons and demonic possession that the the. Um, her assistant brings okay. home and Reagan reads and that's why Karis is like she read it she, she read, read it. it this in her brain she's doing what she read in this book yeah mm-hmm. and that's why in the book it takes them so long to confirm the exorcism because he's like she read all the symptoms of, right. of possession in this book and so it's not another I've, language it's English backwards it's English backwards like and then like one of the things I found really interesting about the book is she does speak Latin right we talked about it when it was airing or when we were watching it but she does speak Latin and he it on the surface he discounts it at first because it seems like it's really super simple latin no it's latin written on a prayer card at the the church where all of the shit has mm-hmm. happened where that like christ has oh, got the, the big cock yeah. or whatever um and that is mary it's mary it was yeah. mary yeah so where the desecrations have happened there's like a prayer card that has like v- like dirty latin written on the back it's like vulgar latin and he, and karis is reading it is that reagan getting out of a room and doing that yeah so she realizes. Oh, it is. I never put that together until just now. He it, uh, in the book, it's fairly clear that it is Reagan going and doing it, possessed by this demon. Um, there is also so she can get out of the room whenever she wants. And there's also some suggestion that it might just be the demon, that the demon oh, has because the church is like a vaguely supernatural space that it has some power or agency uh, there. I guess I just thought it was like because evil is happening. Other nearby, things are getting like it was just like kind of concentrated kind of like a, a hell mouth like it became Sunnydale yeah. for right. S- Sunnydale Sunnydale oh you have a Sunnydale shirt don't I you? do yeah Sunnydale, Sunnydale high. high oh that's amazing um but in the in the book Karis after looking more closely at the card realizes that it's a the the it's on the surface it just reads like like a dirty blasphemous right but when he reads it he realizes that there's really super subtle and complicated and nuanced uses of syntax and grammar oh interesting so that it's all like double entendres written in Latin and he's like whoever wrote, wrote that. This, has like 25 right. years of fluent Latin so speaking under their it belt. their entire life probably right he's like that's one of the reasons he suspects a priest <laughs> that's interesting God, I love those those little bits that you can just yeah mm, delicious little nuggets speaking of little bits nuggets we were gonna I was gonna read you can we were gonna do like the IMDB thing where it's mm-hmm. like because there's the famous exorcist curse oh right and I was like let's do it oh, oh. I actually looked at yeah did you look Some at a bunch weird of it shit there's it's like the poltergeist curse there's that one too there's only one one that I can remember off the top of my head I know there's a there's a there's a famous story about William Friedkin cutting the film and they're cutting the film and they're cutting the film and it was getting near the deadline so they were cutting like I think they the one I read where they were cutting like 16 to 20 hours a day wow like edit like Ugh. cigarette cigarette coffee keep editing the film and there was a point where they were like in between shots and the editor leaned back and he rubbed his eyes and when he opened his eyes William Friedkin was popping out the 
the the tape mm-hmm. of tubular bells and he walked over to the door opened the door and flung the tape out into the rain and he slammed the door holy he's sh- like i can't fucking listen to it anymore oh yeah, my god that's fair because it's just it's too much like that that just just like bells in your head for 20 hours a day for weeks and weeks and weeks and finally freaking like crazy fuck it yep. <laughs> zip threw it out into the yard and he's like i'm done done I'm done cutting do with that i cannot cut to that anymore um, but the one that I knew and pointed out while we were watching the show that was creepy as fuck is during during one of the medical procedure scenes that mm. we're watching where Reagan's getting tested on. I think it's the one with the neck catheter thing. There's a blonde bearded. I thought it was the wrong guy at first. Yeah. Bird showed me which guy it actually was, but my facts were right. There's a blonde bearded orderly who's like helping. In the, he has a very round face. He does have a very round face. He's like, and he's like helping secure Reagan. He's one yeah, of the Yeah, he's extras like right over scene. her shoulder. Oh shit! Yeah, he and he was a serial killer at the time. At the time, before, during, and after, right? Yeah, he was active. He was a serial killer whose kill time frame was active through the making of The Exorcist. So while he's like working on this as an extra, they go, oh, "Let's strap down Reagan." I'm a hospital orderly. He was killing women mm. and. Men. men. He was killing men at that time. Jesus. Yeah. Convicted for one, I think. Convicted, only convicted for one. Yeah. Okay, but there was they had suspected that he'd killed more. More. They never yeah. the they never convict them for all of them, yeah. except for Gary Ridgway, and he was like seventy something. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, yeah. So that dude, active serial killer on set. Do you have more crazy ones? Some pe- I know like um, people some people I know Linda Blair had major psychological issues after watching the film. Yeah. She although she did appear in the second one. That was part of like her dealing with it. Dealing I can with find it and bring yeah. it up again if you would like. Um, Do you remember any off the one top of your head? Those are the ones the I actors cared. who played Chris mm-hmm. in that scene oh, yeah, where yeah, yeah. um is it she's the... like repelled by is it when Oh, she's thrown across the room with yeah. the 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 Oh, Reagan has her in her crotch and then shoves her away. I think it's th- is there one before that? Because mm-hmm. when she does the the oh maybe it is that that scene. Yeah, she gets t- she gets tossed across the floor and a against the wall times. a couple um, of times. But she was accidentally pulled too hard with yeah, the cable thanks. attached to her and mm-hmm. um threw her back slammed out. against the the floor really hard and um had a lifelong injury from it. Holy yeah. shit! Lifelong back injury yeah. from that, like Carl. And so that scream yeah. of, of Frank- pain was. Real, legitimate, yeah. wow! Like Viggo Mortensen in uh, the Two oh, Towers, yeah. In the Two Towers, that scene in Lord of the Rings when they've lost Merry and Pippin. Uh, Viggo Mortensen was just ad libbing, and he went and kicked one of the orcs' helmets. And the orcs' helmets are all made out of actual iron. Yeah, I think he was supposed to, but I think something. I don't think went he, I, The one that I wrong. read, the one that I read was he was just he was just going for it right. on the day, and he booted it. And his boots were like cloth with a leather bottom. They had no toe on them. And he broke his toes. Oh, my God. Like several of his toes kicking that helmet. So when ah. he, immediately afterwards, he screams and drops to his knees. And it looks awesome on film. But it's because he broke his foot. He Fuck kicks me. it and his foot breaks. And he's like, ah. And he hits I the think ground. Orlando Bloom broke some of his ribs doing that movie, too. And also there were a lot a of injuries like on the that. trilogy. Viggo almost got killed in the first movie. There's that scene oh, when yeah, he's, where he... he's fighting with the orc. And he pulls out, he stabs it in the leg with that knife. 
and he's on the the orc punches him and he's on the ground and the orc pulls the knife out of his leg and throws it at Vigo and what he was supposed to do was fake throw it they were going to cut and then do the and it was originally intended to miss him it was going to oh. like stick into the tree but the the actor who's playing the or- head like Urukai guy his hands were so slick with fake blood that the knife slipped out of his hand and Vigo Mortensen saw it at the last second and actually deflected it with his sword that scene where he smacks the knife out of the air is an accident. He did that for real because the dude threw a knife at him. Fucking shit. He trained <laughs> super hard. Yeah. He went. No yeah. wonder that looks amazing. When you see it, you're like, that's fucking nuts because you hear like <laughs> when he hits it and you're like, that's great sound design. It looks real as shit. Viggo Mortensen looks terrified. And you're like, <laughs> like yeah, well. dude hucked a knife at him full, full speed and he's like, bang, and he bang, bangs it out of the air, man. I'm like, that's fuck. Every time I see that, I'm like, that's nuts. That shit is I love bananas. shit like that. Mm-hmm. Except for when it goes seriously yeah, sideways and, and Brandon die. Lee doesn't have another movie mm-hmm. ever again. Yeah, right. Like little things like that can be fun, but also that's how stunt people that's get how, killed. Yeah, that's how shit goes sideways. That's yeah. It's but. it's spooky. Spooky, mm-hmm. spooky, but also some of the best moments ever. Cinema gold. Yep. Then there's the weird middle ground stuff, like the chariot race, and Ben Hur looks great. Fucking how many horses and stuntmen died on a that? A lot shit? of people. Yeah. Ben Hur, a bunch of Injured, people died. Yeah, uh, not just on that scene. That was the one, the highest death toll. Like horses were killed. I don't know if it was. I don't know if anyone. I don't know if people died during the race, but I know a bunch of horses were killed, and I know that some stuntmen died on that movie. In Ben Hur, there's the, you know the story, the chariot race. Yep. Director's like, I'll give you five hundred bucks if you win. No rules, go. Yeah. And they filmed it. It's just stuntmen <laughs> trying to kill each other. Yeah. And you're like, what is? Well, this is great. Super unethical. <laughs> oh my god. It looks amazing though. Boy, does it look good. This won a lot of Oscars. We could have edited it down a bit. It's kind of long. <laughs> it's 15, 16 minutes. Oh no, I meant Ben Hur. Oh, <laughs> just in no. General. There's not a frame. No, that movie is perfect. Ooh, we should watch Ben. We should have discussion. It always feels bloated to me. All right. I don't know if I have any more specific type stuff about the Exorcist. I don't. Bird, do you have anything? You, you had a question uh, forty nine oh, minutes ago. It was sort of like a jokey question. Okay, no, like, no. Ask How often do you think the priests, the actors who play the priests, get "fuck me" yelled at them? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I hope mm-hmm. Max von Sydow. I hope that's something Max von Still, Cida I bet you on, on set to fucking fuck fucking Force Awakens, <laughs> some grip came up to him and was like, "fuck me." You know what happened? Yeah. You know what happened was he's on he's his so knees, so tired. And Adam it. Adam Driver stoops down and Kylo Ren off it, and he's just like, "fuck me." Fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> William, William Friedkin just cracks up. He's like, can't. All right. Let's take it from the top. From the top. Adam Driver's like, I'm a huge William fan. Friedkin? Well, I mean, no. Max von Sydow. I was like, right. mm, I don't okay. think he was involved. Could I Could I get a, it's for my daughter. It's for my daughter. Sydow's <laughs> like, kidding, okay, for real me. though. Like, nah, it's for me. It's, it's really for me. <laughs> and you're like... Okay. I'm, look, I'll, I'll sign whatever you... I'll, okay, here. I signed it. Let's do the Let's scene. Let's do the scene. Let Jesus fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You dug the exorcist. I, I dug it, too. I dug it, too. I was, I was in, in it. it. Did you know I was 43 when I did that? <laughs> that was one of the best performances I've ever done. I'm I'm as old now as I was playing then. Pretty incredible, isn't it? Like, when you think about it. It's pretty wild. Adam Driver, you're a pretty cool cat. If you, you've worked with Jim Jarmusch. I never have. This is my... 
old man Max yes. von Sydow voice <laughs> sounds, sounds like a twenty like, something. <laughs> he's like, like Max Peterson. How was it working on on? Oh, you're working on on that movie next year. I'm my timeline screwed up because I'm I'm Max von Sydow and I can see into the future. Yes. Mm. Okay. Oh, they're telling us we have to roll because we're losing daylight, which is weird because most this of this is at scene, night. Yeah, this is a night scene. All right, let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Back on the back on the ground. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, those are the kind of problems you want to have. Yes. You want to have... Absolutely. You want to have that problem, for sure. I want people throwing rolls of toilet paper at us wherever we go. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. The, this is... Oh, the Foo Fighters actually had a problem with that. They For one of their um, uh, 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 music videos, there's a bit where Dave Grawl comes up and they're all holding Mentos up to the camera. Because he mm-hmm. his big thing was like, I hate music videos. They feel like a candy commercial. Oh, so he did like that. So he made a, a, a Foo Fighters music video, which is all them like pimping Mentos. And then at live shows, people used to start, they were hucking Mentos up on stage. Oh, shit. And he had to ask them. He's like, Please stop. He's like, you have to stop throwing Mentos. They're hard. Mentos are really hard. When you get tagged with Mentos, it fucking hurts. <laughs> so can you please stop throwing Mentos wow. on stage? <laughs> so maybe let's not ask. Also, they're slippery when you step on them. Then. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if they were throwing individual Mentos. That would be even worse. Because that's or rocks. But just like a log yeah. of Mentos. A log of Mentos would be heavier, but I feel like oh. getting pelted oh, with no, like individual Mentos. It'd yeah. be like pebbles and you couldn't really see them all the time because they're white and sometimes anyway closing thoughts yes <laughs> um this the exorcist is a movie that bert and i watch every year usually on christmas eve mm-hmm. we we get our cocoa or our eggnog and we get all bundled up and we fucking watch a little girl get possessed and lose her mind for like two hours i love it it's 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 a movie that's really Close to to my heart, Brett. How do you feel about it? Because you've, I feel like I kind of shanghaied you at first into watching The Exorcist every year. Yeah, um, no. Um, I think I really did portray it accurately when I said it's cozy. Yeah, it's yeah. a cozy horror film. It's a weirdly it's comforting. Good, uh, Once horror. you've seen it a couple times and you've got it under your belt, it is really. It's like slipping into a a, a well a, a freshly made bed. Or like a, a hot that bath. That's you know? jumping off the Yeah, a freshly yes, made yeah. bucking bed. <laughs> bucking bed. But like, I don't know. It, it, um, I, I also did figure out that this movie does not expressly take place at Christmas time. No, it's just, it's cold. In the film, because the, the timeline is kind of jumpy, uh-huh. but there's a bunch of fans who have broken down how the how the film, like where the film takes place. Mm-hmm. And they said Reagan gets possessed in like November a little bit before, and uh, they move out of the house in March. So some of the possession does take place over Christmas time. And yeah, I felt like that big group of people. At right. The house was yeah, that was house. like it's a, a holiday, holiday party. party. Yeah. There's no specific Christmas, but there is a holiday party that happens. So I still stand by that it's yeah. a Christmas movie, and I'm, it feels it feels like a Christmas. It does. Movie. It's they're in Georgetown. It's cold. Everyone's all bundled no up. No snow. No snow. There's no snow, which is weird for what it's. But I, am I? I'm not wrong. Like we, it firmly oh, lives in my head as a. Christmas right but you know like black christmas is is undoubtedly a christmas horror film but yes this one not so much anyway this i don't know i i i love the exorcist i always have i i think i was drawn to it originally because of the hype yeah and then i stayed for the exception come for the hype stay for the for the masterpiece the masterpiece it's it's a it's flawless i was and I would I didn't read any of them, but when I was researching, doing a little touch of research for the episode, there was a a bunch of pieces in like USA Today and the New York Times recently 
that are titled why the exorcist isn't as scary or why the exorcist right. doesn't hold up and i Mm-mm. that's not true that's that's fucking false i've seen this movie a hundred times and it's this movie is still scary it's not the jump scares are all gone but there's an mm-hmm. underlying terror and i think this movie absolutely holds up yeah they're all all this. It's not a creepy crawly it. scare though. It's a no. real world. No, this is a real. Scare. It's a slow burn, and it's most of the terror comes from medical shit for me. Yeah, so. it's it's undeniably a masterpiece though. <clears throat> this this movie is really really fucking holds up. It's amazing. Do you have any final thoughts on The Exorcist, Boo Carl? Mm-hmm. I just love this movie and be watching. I, I'm. I'm hoping, hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that um, that this can be a yearly measuring flicksmith because that was such an awesome night. Just so like mm, coming mm-hmm. dinner, Exorcist. We did a we did the beguiled. Yeah, we did a podcast. We did a podcast, the and then but it was just like such a. It felt like the holidays, and it was like a really cool kickoff to the whole like week of Christmas. Mm. And the fact that it was the Exorcist, like I want to, can I come over with Daniel next year and watch The Exorcist for <laughs> flick, measuring flicks? That'll be great. Of course, awesome. Um, so that's all for The Exorcist. Thank you guys so much for everything this mm-hmm. year. It's the end of 2018. We've last reached, official episode of the year. We've reached our conclusion, man. It's uh, <laughs> it was good. It was fun. Like, I know. We're not at the end of not of at the end of the one. season yet. Yeah, that, two that months April, more. March, February, yeah. March, February ne- is the next last month. month. Next month we are doing a spotlight feature on uh, the director Sofia Coppola with a special tip of the cap on the Patreon to another female director yes, who we lost recently. Who we did lose recently. Um, and then uh, yeah, Penny Marshall. We're gonna movie? we're gonna do Big and A League of Their Own, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. So if you wanna, oh, I like A League of Their Own. You wanna do it with us? Sure. If you want to uh, listen to our our send off for Penny Marshall and our, this would be the first time that I've seen either of those. Films. I know, which oh. is they uh, Big oh, is one of my favorite yeah. movies. I, I've seen on. Uh, I mean, I've like seen big. the. Oh, you don't like Big? Uncomfortable. I've seen the I've seen oh, the piano sequence on YouTube, but I've never the big piano. Mm. I've seen that on YouTube but I've never seen the movie I know Kevin Smith is a huge fan of Penny Marshall and he does a great interview with her on Smoothie Makers one of his one of his podcasts, he does a two-part interview with Penny Marshall, and it's delightful. I love it. Love it. Love it. So if you want to hear those episodes when we do them, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Max Peterson. This is a great time to get up on the Patreon. We just dropped 15 fucking episodes over there. Uh, two, yeah, on Christmas Day, <laughs> on Christmas Day we dropped... Uh, every we we dropped the Exorcist two, the Exorcist three, the Exorcist four, the Exorcist five, the Black Christmas remake, Lethal Weapon two, Lethal Weapon three, Lethal Weapon four, Die Hard two, three, four, and that other one, that other one that happened <laughs> and was made. I yes, um, yeah. So this, it's a we got a nice fat chunk of episodes not just the christmas ones but we've got we've got all Sleepaway of the ones. camp remakes we've got so so much over there yep, on the we've patreon. got all of the all of the patreon episodes for the entire year are up and available if you go and support us at uh f- i think it's five dollars is the cut five dollars yep for bonus episodes yeah there is so much more to to check out and listen to and a lot of <laughs> really weird fun conversations yep. so you can head on over there we always like to thank our patrons mm-hmm. Uh, Bird, why don't you thank our friends on the East Coast? John and Casey Shivey. Thank you. We love them so much. Holla, holla. Thanks, guys. Um, if you haven't seen The Exorcist, give it a spin. Don't be freaked out by it. It's not as bad not as everyone says. make them watch says. it? No, mm, I think... That seems like a thing we would do. We made them watch Pulp Fiction and John fell asleep. 
Oh. And I was like, well, no more watching no more movies wa- with you guys. <laughs> no more of that. <laughs> we also have to thank. I'd like to thank Danielle Pelshaw. I wish she could be here today because she watched the flick with us, but she's here in spirit. And uh, and yeah, love you, honey. Hopefully, I'll see you at some point today. Probably not until tomorrow, though. Yeah, work sucks. Works right dumb. We're almost through it, though. Holiday season is yeah. nigh closing. And also, it's good to have money. Because yeah, November, November's pretty bleak. Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> For, shit. I'm I'm still in service industry. You've moved on to other pastures, so neither of us are in necessarily the yeah. best spot in the world. Mm-mm. If you have friends who've got disposable cash and they like movies, <laughs> send them <laughs> on over to patreoncom Peterson. Um, and then we finally have to thank Connor Sweeney. Connor, thank you so much. This is the last episode of 2018, so I'm not going to bust your balls. Um, we really do appreciate your support, and it was super cool uh, getting to do an episode with you, and we hope to do another one with you really Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. So that is it. If you want to drop us a line, measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, guys, enjoy the last dregs of this dumpster fire year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no and kidding. buckle up, because 2019 is going to be just <laughs> rocket power to the stars, man. It's, do it. It's going to be a good year, and it's going to be a good year for spinning flicks and chatting about them with friends so thank you for listening keep uh keep tuning in we're we're always delighted and um i was gonna say <laughs> 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 bye everyone